can't tell you how relieved I was when you took off that dress. I'd fuck Elvis. And you didn't have a dick. You're a whore? It's true romance. Welcome to the Center Cut. I am Michael. And I am Elvis. Ooh, I like it. But also, Dave, what are we doing here today, Dave? Oh, today we watched the beginning and end, the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of True Romance. Yes, we did. Now we're going to recap it up and answer some questions. Yeah, some questions about the middle. Now, this movie was suggested to us by Twitter follower Kelly Madden 80 She's a fellow podcaster on the podcast Drunk Theory, and she had been asking us for a while to do Lethal Weapon. Couldn't do it because Dave's seen it. So here we are. True romance. Bam. Dave, this is the first thing that I have ever seen involving Quentin Tarantino. Really? Now, I've seen like six minutes of Pulp Fiction, but that's it. I am uncultured. I get it. I'm just not a movie guy. I'm more of a TV guy. TV for life. Yeah. Apparently, I'm not a large tarantinoid either but you've seen more than me but i have seen infinitely more than you yeah but anyway let's let's dive in we have a lot to cover today we actually got many questions so this movie came out in 1993 and fittingly it has a 93 on rotten tomatoes it was written as we discussed by quentin tarantino but directed by ridley scott's brother tony now when i say this thing has everybody in it I mean everybody. Now, in our end, we mostly just see Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. No one. We'll talk about the others during the copious pre-2000s credits at the beginning of the movie. This was a box office failure, but it has since grown a cult following and has ended up on greatest movies lists. We'll tell you what we think, at least about the ends, once we get to center counts. But I think we should just dive into the recaps, Dave. Before we get into that, we keep getting suggested movies that did very bad and then eventually were good. Well, I think that's good because that means people have an attachment to them, wherein a movie that does well that people don't give a shit about, they're not, you see it in the theaters, everyone sees it, and then they're like, this movie sucks. So we don't want to cover that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm a smart man. (laughs) Yeah, so smart. Well, let's get into it. So the intro credits right out the gate are rolling. It's a 90s film, so you're going to get those hard intro credits. Rolling over some background Elvis that we get to listen to, Uh which is a theme because Christian Slater is sitting in a bar, drinking a beer, and talking to the woman next to him about Elvis. Middle-aged Mr. Robot Christian Slater is so much more attractive than 24-year-old Christian Slater. I think it's because his hair and eyebrows make him look like he's a live-action Captain Planet. He just just doesn't do it for me. (laughs) Well, he's still better looking than this Corella DeVille looking woman who looks like Corella DeVille if she did cocaine and was also a hooker. Yeah, I, you have a fair point. So he's talking to her about Elvis. He basically talks to her about how fuckable Elvis is. And then at the end of it, it's like, well, that's enough about the king. How about you? And then invites her to the movies for not only one film, but three of them. Yeah, and they're kung fu flicks now get a clue my dude you gotta wine and dine them and then and only then do you ask them to watch your weird freddy gut fingered movies 
No, I, I'm just kidding. I, I made all of the women I courted watch Lost. You don't like it? Get out of my life. You are not wifey material. You got to know up front. I actually, I like the move. I dig the move, Christian. You're the worst. Yeah, so he, he talks about the, the Sony Chiba trifecta that he's going to go watch. The Street Fighter, Return of the Street Fighter, and the Sister of the Street Fighter, which are all real movies, ah, sadly. Okay. Interesting. And the girl proceeds to just get up and walk right out of the damn bar. She's like, nope. That's not happening. Bye. But she also gets up and walks like she's 72 years old. So drunk that she can't <laughs> even function. So we get more intro credits at this point. There are literally 1,000 famous actors that get listed in these intro credits. We see literally none of them. <laughs> it's wild. My favorite part was the fact that they put Christopher Walken's name over a homeless black man who could use a dentist. That was an interesting choice. I really liked that. Yep. There are these dudes that are just standing around a barrel fire <laughs> while these intro credits are rolling. Yeah, not sure what that has to do with anything. And when Michael Rappaport is like the 12th biggest actor in a movie, it's a good movie. But also, Rappaport kind of sucks. He's like Bill Burr's less funny cousin. Yeah, yeah, he's all right. Yeah. But Michael, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't grow up poor. Do these barrel fires like actually happen? <laughs> have you ever seen one or... I haven't actually seen one in real life. Okay. I've lived in actual apartments, though. It's not, I didn't live behind a building, so it probably happened. You didn't li- live in the streets? No, I, didn't, I mean, I lived in the streets, but not, what kind not of rapper that are you? deep in the streets. Yeah, whatever. One thing in the credits, David, is the music. It's by Hans Zimmer. It makes so much damn sense. The opening and closing sound is ripped right out of Lion King. I half expected Rafiki to hobble in like Asante Sana, squash banana. It's so it's like it's so ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense with the rest of the movie. You didn't feel that? I did. I didn't feel that. Oh man, no. I felt it. I felt it. But the other interesting thing about the credits, David, I don't know if you noticed this. The producer is Steve Perry, the same producer as Roadhouse. I did notice that, ah. and also who we think is is the lead singer of Journey, and really is it? But yeah, but yeah. And also, David, we got a Harvey Weinstein reference, so that's not cool, but you wow. know, it was the 90s. Lots of, lots of great, great things happening in the intro credits. Yeah, this this just, this just movie is a lot. Yep. Oh, it's a whole lot. But at this point, as the intro credits are winding down, the story starts to get narrated by a woman, which is odd because the only woman we saw was high and drunk, Cruel DeVille. And she begins talking about how she grew up in Tallahassee but found true love in Detroit. We cut to a movie theater and a young girl is buying a ticket for all those shitty Kung Fu movies that we listed earlier. Slater is in the theater. We learn that his name later is Clarence, but I don't want to have to keep on calling him Christian Slater. So Clarence is in the theater attentively watching his Sonny Chiba and she decides that she's going to sit right behind him And as she sits down, she just dumps all of her fucking popcorn all over his lap and begins to apologize profusely and stick her hand near his junk. Yeah, very near his junk. Mm -hmm. Purposefully, we learn later. Yeah, we do. So she she chats with him for a little bit. She moves up to uh, to sit next to him, asks what she missed. This is when I would have literally gotten up, moved to a different part of the theater and said, shut the fuck up, bitch. I'm watching Sonny Chiba do his sweet flips and roundhouse kicks. When watching a movie, stop talking. Yes. No speaking. But I guess if your boobs are hanging out of your dress that much, I guess maybe maybe I wouldn't do that. But it would be close. 
But we do cut to the end of the movie. They are walking outside all all chummy now. She's doing like fake kung fu and she invites him to go get some pie. When she asked about going to get pie, I thought she meant pizza. Now, I would never be caught dead saying that, but I know it's a thing like, let's go get some pie. Like, that's a thing that people say not in the Northeast. I mean, she wasn't a mafia boss in Brooklyn, but <laughs> fine. Yeah, but I who, guess. But who actually goes to eat real pie? Like cherry. That's not a thing. People don't eat cherry pie. Not cherry pie. I mean, after a good movie, I'd go for some blueberry pie, my man. Really? I would much rather eat pizza after a movie. All day. Fuck you. <laughs> Fruit pie is the far superior pie. What? You're you are telling me that, that this is we need to stop for a second. You are yep. literally telling okay. me that you would rather eat fruit pie than pizza. One hundred percent. I will take a blueberry pie with some mind. vanilla ice cream over pizza one hundred percent of the time. David, if this was a center chat and we posted this poll on Instagram, I am a hundred percent confident that it would be like thirteen to one and you nah, would be the only nah, one nah, voting nah, for pie nah, over nah, pizza. Nah, nah, nah. A lot of people like pie. But everybody likes pizza. No, I don't like pizza. What is wrong with it's you? Like, it's like meh. I have it every once in a while. Oh, it's fine. Oh, my God. It's a problem. It's a problem. I, I grew up in southern Connecticut. I was 20 minutes away from what's heralded as pretty much the best pizza place in the United States. So anywhere else, it's just terrible. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you that the overarching country prefers pizza to fruit pie. But anyway. Because it's they okay. don't know what r- good pizza tastes like. Okay. Then they wouldn't like any of the other garbage that's out there. We could talk about this for an hour, but there's so much to cover. So we'll, we are we'll going on. to. The rest of the episode's canceled. <laughs> Apple, blueberry, strawberry rhubarb. Ugh. The list is endless. I prefer the mathematical pie equation to fruit pie. That's how much what I don't like fruit wrong pie. wrong with you? You could take your 3.14 inches and shove it right up your damn ass because fruit pie is the best type of pie. Moving on. Did you like my pie math joke about your small penis? Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad. So we cut to the diner and we are in the middle of Clarence giving his only move at this point talking about Elvis and how fuckable he is and we hear the tail end of it uh, it's enough about the king how about you and he decides to ask her a bunch of questions she says I don't know as like 90% of the answers to most of the questions so I was confident that this movie was going to be about a woman who has amnesia and doesn't understand what's going on <laughs> yeah she does say at the end one of the questions is what's your turnoffs and she says Persians which, you know, I mean, to each their own. Weird. <laughs> that probably wouldn't fly in 2021, but... Pizza. But I'm hard same. Especially, like, the Persians in the Bravo show, Shahs of Sunset. If that show was a glass of milk, I would smash it with a baseball bat. That one mustachioed dude who looks like Mr. Potato Head specifically, hard yuck. Persians can go. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I don't know. There have been some, like, Persian movies. I don't know. Shahs of Sunset? Trash. Fine. Whatever whatever you say. Persians suck. Is that what you want? Yeah, it is. Moving on. Does this on. make you happy? It does. Moving on. Good. Now he lost a whole new listener base of Persians. <laughs> we'll sweep it <laughs> under the rug. Yes. So then he brings her to a comic book store. We learn that he works there. So she leaves and they never talk again. The movie's over. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, read the room, my dude. You don't take a woman to a comic book store. Like, you want to see the number one nah. Spider-Man? Like, no, come on. If a woman asks you to eat her pie... 
first, she's <laughs> definitely going to want to eat some fruit pie because everyone loves fruit pie. If she asked me to eat her pie, you know my saying, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean, if she asked to eat pie in general, you assume that first she wants to enjoy a delicious piece of fruit pie that you would have after any nice meal like Christmas or Thanksgiving. And then she wants you to eat her pie. Yeah. I mean, that's just the assumption that would be made. But before that, let me bring her to the place I work, which is a comic book store, and I'm a loser. <laughs> Yeah, I just read the room. Read the room. Do you want to talk about how you hate comics now? I've already talked about it. Comics are lame. I'm a nerd. I am a nerd. But comic books are not within my nerdery. Fine. So in the comic book store, they talk about how generous his boss is. Wink, wink. (laughs) And they head back to his place to fuck. David, I am fairly certain, though I'm too lazy to fact check, that at this point in our podcast history, we have seen more male butts and dicks than women's breasts or vaginas. I'm confident you're right, and it's sad. But Isn't I'm that like- crazy? So, A, screw you narrative that the industry is sexist, because we've seen more male parts. But B, mm-hmm. I've said it before, but sex in non-porn media makes me uncomfortable. What am I supposed to do with my hands? Am I supposed to get an erection? Is that frowned upon? Like what? What am I supposed to do here when I'm watching this? I don't, this one in particular was a little rough. I'll agree with you. Usually, I don't agree with you because I'm I'm all for seeing seeing a booby, but it, this one in particular was was rough. First, we saw Christian Slater's really really white bald ass right in front of his little shrine of Elvis that he has in the background. Thank you. I'm so glad that you caught the bust of Elvis watching them fuck. Yeah, watching his sweet ass. And then, yeah, the, there was just a faint amount of thrusting, and it was just uncomfortable. <laughs> it was just uncomfortable. And then after they were done, they sat on the edge of the bed and held hands, which is also the weirdest move. Like, okay, we're done. No, well, let's lay in the bed. No, I'd much rather sit up on the edge of the bed with you about a foot and a half apart and just hold hands <laughs> while we pray to Elvis. Yeah. Pray to Elvis. <laughs> but also this is a major motion picture. Christian Slater. You couldn't clear up your back knee before you showed off your torso to millions of people. <laughs> yeah. Where is makeup? Very brave. Christian Slater. So <laughs> he wakes up a moment later for us, but who knows how long for them. And she's not in bed anymore. So we find her out in front of a big billboard for off-road truck. And she's crying. Mm-hmm. At this point, he makes his way out and she confesses that she is a call girl that was hired by his boss at the comic store because he needed to get laid. I don't know if that means that he's been just slacking at work or if he's just his boss is like, he's a nice dude. He deserves some pie for his birthday in both senses. Yeah, it all makes sense now, David. My question to you is, do you think that his boss paid extra for her to lick his hairy chest? Ooh, yeah, good question. I don't think that was his chest. What was that? I think it was lower. And I think it was like around the belly button area, which makes it even more frightening. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is this is a, a fault of myself. And Ashley gets so mad at me. I don't know the difference between chest and stomach. Like I call your entire area from neck to your pelvis chest, even though the bottom part is not the chest. So Are yes, you, I mean <laughs> chest. Chest ends where the ribs end, here, homie. I know. It's a, it's it's one of my faults. It's one of my. It's a hole in my knowledge. That seems like just a really easy fault to correct. <laughs> like we, like we literally just corrected it. Like well, it's done. Right. Your fault is done. Your chest ends where your ribs end. Okay. Well, then, do you think she? Do you think his boss paid extra for t- for her to lick his hairy his belly, belly button? One hundred percent. 
Yes. All right, perfect. But really, when it comes down to it, Clarence was just happy that she didn't have a dick when they got back because he thought it was too good to be true anyways. Uh-huh. But is still gracious about it. Is like, hey, I had a great night. It was really fun. And I got to jerk off to Elvis. So what could be better? Uh-huh. And that's where our first 15 minutes got off. What a place to end. Now, David, the second section or the last 15 minutes began at one hour, 41 minutes and 32 seconds into the movie. That's a ways. That is a ways in. Now, we begin with Clarence, and he is listing off movies such as Mad Max and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly while pouring a mountain of sugar into his coffee. Man after my own heart. Same. There is some sort of war movie playing behind him on a projector, and I got the impression that this bushy eyebrow man talking to him is a director. I don't think it's explicitly said, but I think he's a director. Something along those lines. He he works in the higher up movie industry. Yes. Now, he says he wants to see Dr. Zhivago, which I think we're supposed to understand is code for cocaine. We have a question on it, so we'll talk about it then. I did do some quick research. It doesn't appear to be nationally recognized as Urban Dictionary came up with diddly squat. So if Urban Dictionary doesn't have it, then I don't know what it means. I kind of got the impression that that is who... Clarence had said brood. What, what do you, you don't brew cocaine. <laughs> I mean, what you do you, how do you? Cacao. I mean, you brew coffee, but not yeah. cocaine. Cacao. I, <laughs> you, you, I don't know. You, you grow cocaine. What? I, I don't know. You don't grow it. I don't I mean, know. You, well, you know what? We're not coke addicts, so we don't know. We don't know the terminology. I mean, I guess we didn't do our research well enough. But we'll, t- we'll talk about it more when we get to the question. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk about Dr. Zavago later. So we cut to some detective-looking dudes in another place, not in the room we're currently in. And we learn one or more of the people with Clarence and the bushy eyebrow director are wearing a wire. And based on the detective's excited reactions, I think that Clarence is in on it and the director is the target. I would agree with that. Okay. We are very good at inference at this point. It's kind of our job, so... I'm just saying. That was also just really obvious. <laughs> also true. Now, while that's happening, a group of mobby looking dudes walk in the door of, I think we're in a, it's like a hotel lobby, and we assume they're heading eventually to where Clarence is, or else why show them? Yeah. Who in the damn hell are these fat bastards? We really don't know. I'm sure we would know if we watched the full thing. Well, maybe not. Maybe they're just random dudes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? It would be crazy. The director snorts some coke to Sinatra's all the way, while the call goer from the beginning rubs Clarence's back. So they're apparently a thing, and she's dressed like Lindsay Lohan in the infamous hoodie-sunglasses combo. Chic. Maybe his boss just paid, like, a lot of money, and this is just, like, an extended fake relationship. She's a mail-order bride? Yep. Okay. How do you feel about mail-order brides? I don't know. I think that they're is a lot of women who probably marry into things for money. Men too. But yeah, yeah, men too. You're absolutely right. But they're not considered like mail order because they didn't get directly paid to get married, but they got married because someone had money. But I think that, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is I'm obviously not okay with it if they're like slaves or forced into it in any way. I think we're on the same page. If there's full consent, why not? Yeah. Like, okay. if, if you want to accept money to marry somebody, can whatever. Yeah. All right. We're in agreement. That's not my problem. That's just like, I hate that prostitution isn't, isn't allowed to be a thing. It should be. If someone's fully consenting and they are fully 100% choosing of their own volition, why the hell not? Sex workers, That's the fine. thing. I understand getting rid of it because originally it was like people were getting forced into it, but then just heavily regulated mm-hmm. like every other thing in the world. 
just I've, like regulate it and like make sure that there's a there's a set process. But if people are willing to fucking accept money for sex, why not? I think it will be a thing eventually. I agree. We're headed that direction. Anyway, Lee, the director, enjoyed the Coke and thinks the fake deal, whatever it is, is too good to be true. He offers everybody sandwiches and takes Clarence out into this little garden veranda thing to talk straight. And David, you know how molesters lure kids into vans with candy? Mm-hmm. I would definitely be duped into many horrible things with an offer of a sandwich. I love me a sandwich. It's the perfect meal. You got the meat, you got the cheese, you got the bread, and like whatever other shit you want to put on it. Perfect. Sandwiches are good. Yeah, I'm glad we agree. Better than pie. Pie's better. <laughs> I could be lured into pretty much anything with pie. All right. Ask my wife. Good to know. Now, David, I guess now is a good time to tell you that this director guy was in one season two episode of Lost as a <laughs> custody attorney for Walt. Buttered me up with pie talk and then brought in the Lost <laughs> to bring me right back down. Huh? Yeah. He's much older, obviously, in Lost, but Lost strikes again, baby. I feel like I've seen him in other stuff, too. I don't know what, but I've definitely seen him before. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. So this sweaty looking guy, Elliot, is also wearing a wire, except I think we're supposed to understand that he chose to wrap his wire around his dick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's just like fondling his dick and it's like screwing up audio quality. I'm not even joking. Like he keeps wrangling his crotch like he's trying to shake dice to get Yahtzee. It's ridiculous. That's a a particular question is like all you ever see with a wire, right, is like the wire, which is usually like whatever taped to somebody's chest or whatever that is. But in this one, I mean, and when I say chest, I mean the upper chest, not the lower chest. And I always wondered, like, where, like, there has to be, like, some kind of battery pack or something, you know? Mm. But in the 90s, I would expect them to have, like, a Walkman-sized battery pack. They just have a boombox on their shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, where are you going to put that? Because you don't want to get, like, pat down and have somebody feel mm. it. You're going to tape it right to your inside of your thigh next to your dick. All right. Yeah, I guess I guess I understand the logic. But why is he rubbing against a door like a feral cat? Yeah, I mean, there is the big question is, so you have a battery pack that's the size of a Walkman taped to your inner thigh. Why are you fondling it? <laughs> Just leave it alone, homie. Yeah, it, it is creating feedback, which is really angering the pockmark face detectives. And I also have to add that the three main detectives we see sitting down, they look like the same guy at different stages of life. Like, it it is three of the same person. (laughs) Yep. Now, Clarence tries to explain the deal to Lee, and Elliot is so sweaty, and the call girl, we still don't know her name. We learn her name based on the questions. We don't actually hear it in the movie, in the end we see. Which, I'll tell you, it took me, like, reading through questions multiple times before I finally figured it out. Like, why do people keep talking about the state of Alabama? Fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Of all the names. She writes, you're so cool on a napkin. If you have to tell a comic book loving Elvis fucking Hawaiian shirt wearing guy he's cool, he's probably not cool. Mm -hmm. Just saying. I mean, she thinks he's cool, apparently. It's all that matters. This is why I think she's still getting paid. (laughs) Anyway, Clarence convinces Lee enough, I guess, and he asks if Clarence beat his wife. So apparently the call girl is officially his wife at this point. And Michael Rappaport says she got it. I'm assuming there's bruises or something. We can't see anything, but he says she got it playing basketball. And they all have a good chuckle about it. Completely lost on us. Yep. Now, because Lee agreed to buy the Coke, the detectives are pumped and they start heading to the room. Clarence goes to take a piss while P. Ark, that's all I can call her because we still don't know her name is Alabama. So I'm going to say P. Ark for Patricia Arquette. She counts the money. (laughs) 
took me a second to figure out what the fuck PR meant. Ridiculous. Now, while peeing, a faceless Elvis sings Heartbreak Hotel sitting on the sink next to him. This is 1,000% in his head, right? Yeah. Okay. I think so, and it's interesting that this movie just introduced that Clarence has a mental disorder in which he sees Elvis and (laughs) speaks directly to him. Yeah, and he's picturing Elvis strictly when he's in the bathroom, since that's where Elvis's ghost is stuck, because that's where Elvis died, right? Yeah, and then they have an imaginary fuck, and then he comes out of the bathroom. (laughs) I agree with you wholeheartedly. I was half expecting them to be humping like hound dogs. (laughs) Nice. Now, the detectives have arrived, guns a-blazing, and one ominously notes that he forgot his bulletproof vest. Idiot. Idiot. Amateur. Now, from here on out, there's a lot of yelling and shooting. Wow. It really got out of control quickly. (laughs) I failed to mention, but there are armed goons in the room on Lee's side. They're on one side of the room, and then when the cops come in, they're against the projector screen with Rappaport, Elliot, Lee, and the call girl in the middle. Mm. Now, one of the goons, Little John from Robin Hood Men in Tights, is hilarious. (laughs) He just keeps telling the cops to go fuck themselves. Yeah, he's not having it. He is an all-star goon. Lee's trying to calm him down, and he's like, just ramped up. (laughs) Villains and drug lords, take notes. This is who you want to hire as your goon. The mobby guys show up. And now there's just a triangle of loud dudes yelling at each other to put the fucking guns down. I turned the captions on and that that popped up at least five times. <laughs> All the while, Clarence is still talking shop with Ghost Elvis in the shitter. How do you are you so enveloped in your imaginary conversation with Elvis that you don't hear all the yelling and screaming? That's literally the room over from you. There's a lot of padding in the bathroom. Apparently. Ghost Elvis does his patented finger snap and says he always liked Clarence. Now, the gun screaming standoff is still a thing until sweaty wire crotch Elliot asks if he can leave, which tips off Lee that he was a rat. And Lee throws what has to be lukewarm coffee at this point in his face. Maybe all the sugar pelted his eyes. <laughs> Regardless, this finally pushes the tension over the edge and bullets start to fly in what is possibly the bloodiest shootout I've ever seen in my entire life. It was really crazy. Lee's a goner. Elliot's blown away. Cops are dying. Goons are getting hit. Mafia men are taking bullets. It is a massacre. Just everyone's dead. Apparently, the room had also been full of down pillows because all of a sudden there are feathers <laughs> everywhere. That's how you know a high-quality couch. Yeah. Now, David, this is going to be a tangent. Hold tight. Uh-oh. Two things, David. Number one, who actually uses feather pillows? They are the waterbed of the pillow game. Get out of here. Disagree. You use a feather pillow? Not for the bedtimes. Then what times? <laughs> no, I have I have uh, feathered pillows on my, my couches. Okay. what On all of my couches in my, my home. My second question for you is, what kind of pillow guy are you for nighttime sleeping? Oh, so I have two. Okay. I have one Tempur-Pedic cool-sided pillow mm-hmm. that I use when laying on my back. Okay. And I have a thin pillow that is probably older than me that I use for when I lay on my stomach or my side. Okay. Laying on your back is the worst way to sleep. Yeah. It's very rare. Usually, the only time I lay on my back is because my allergies are just really ah, rough. Okay. I am firm. As firm firm as you can be. And I think this makes sense logically because I think that firm pillows are to bed accessories as one ply is to toilet paper. Everyone hates them except for you because you're a psychopath. 
I would rather use a stone slab under my head than a formless feather pillow. I'm not even kidding. What is wrong with you? So you like soft, like wimpy, weak, floppy pillows? Well, I like my Tempur-Pedic pillow that has some form, but also molds to my head and makes it nice and comfy. <laughs> yeah. There is a, a happy balance. You just sounded like a man who eats pie. Yeah. And a man who wipes his ass with multiple plies. One ply for life, baby. A man of class and dignity. Firm pillow for life. Nope. You're so poor. (laughs) (laughs) Many more dudes get shot, and there's so many goddamn feathers. It's like what I'd imagine if Big Bird shaved his body in front of a fan, Home Alone trap style, or if somebody dropped a bomb on Home Alone 2 Pigeon Lady mid-pigeon orgy. I have Home Alone on the mind. It's an early 90s movie. What do you want from me? It's what I assume that pillow fights in the Playboy Mansion look like. Ooh, yeah. And blood. I don't know what that means. Amidst the feathery mayhem, Clarence exits the bathroom and catches a stray bullet in the dome. And I think we all assumed that he was a goner. Yeah. I mean, how do you get shot in the head and not die? I was so surprised that he did not die. But That would have even alert. killed a zombie. It would have. Call girl army crawls to him, and she's one of the few still alive in the room. Somehow. One of the others is Rappaport. He creates a diversion, which directly leads to one of the remaining Italians to do an Olympic long jump. For what reason? I have no idea. (laughs) And he also gets blown to smithereens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Rappaport gets away, hobbling down the hall like the goofy white bastard he is. It's looking bleak for Clarence, his bloodied up face looking real bad. But the last Italian guy gets obliterated, but not before taking out the lone black cop with a shot to the Johnson and also getting called a WAP, a guinea, and having his accent made fun of. But it's okay. We're tough people. The feathers in the room are growing and taking over like that movie, The Blob. And (laughs) down in the hotel lobby, some random dude is holding a woman we've never seen at gunpoint while cops look on. Back in the room, Sean Penn's chubby brother. No, really, that that's not me making fun. It really is that Mm -hmm. he's the only cop left. And the tough groon from earlier is not so badass anymore. He keeps wailing. I need an ambulance. I need an ambulance. (laughs) It's so funny. And Chubby Penn shoots him saying, this is for Cody, whoever that is. Probably the guy who just got killed. Maybe. And then for whatever reason, Carl Girl picks up a gun and shoots him. Yeah, she's pissed. Everybody is dead, we think, except her now. Just Mm -hmm. tens of dead dudes and like 17,000 pounds of feathers. Yeah, kind of like kept filling into the room like like you put too much laundry detergent in the laundry machine. (laughs) So many feathers. It was crazy. So many. She starts rubbing Clarence's wiener through his denim. I'm not even kidding. And this jolts him to life like it would any man. <laughs> I don't even know why defibrillators exist. <laughs> yeah, like, why do we do the paddles? Just tuck him in, touch a man's dick and he will wake up from anything. Hard fact. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they snag the briefcase of money and she helps him outside past all the cops who end up shooting the dude with the hostage in his shoulder. We know nothing about this man. Yep. They make it to the car, which is a sweet pink Cadillac El Dorado, and head to the Mexican border. The dope-ass Timon and Pumbaa music starts back up, and Piarc narrates. There's a flash forward, at least a couple years, I assume. As far as we know. I guess we don't know. We don't. Maybe they had a kid already, but they're on a beach. Slater has traded in his Presley glasses for a pirate eye patch. And they have a cute little boy who they named Elvis. 
The Lion King music cranks. We see a beautiful sunset. And I swear to God, I thought it was about to break into And then the credits kick in. And that's the end of the movie. (laughs) What a movie. What a freaking movie. You know who we didn't see? Brad Pitt. Christopher Walken. Gary Oldman. Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Everybody. Everybody ever. Dennis Hopper. How are there this many famous people packed into an hour that didn't exist on either end of the rest of the movie? I don't know. I'm it's crazy. We'll talk about it. But David, before we answer some questions and before we get to center counts, I think we should have a center commercial. Oh, I think we should. Center commercial. It's a commercial time. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you're able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. You know how Clarence and his wife were able to grab that suitcase and get out of there at the end? It's because they packed the right bag. DB is that right bag. Now, we are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10. That's P-O-D-10. Or going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. Now, David, we have many, 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 many questions, just like the many, 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 many famous people we did not see. Yeah, just about one question for every famous person we didn't see. Yep. Let's dive in. The first question comes to us from Reddit from user Johnny55. Where did they get the cocaine? The police. Oh, so you think it's planted coke. So the reason I think that is because there is a point where Lee and Clarence are having a conversation and he's like, how do you know that this friend of yours in the police department is who he says he is? So I think that like there is some truth to that in that the police are involved in this. What I think he, you know, positioned to Lee was that he has a dirty cop friend who stole this out of lockup or whatever and, is, and we're selling it. But what I actually think it is, is it was some seized coke at some point or another that they are purposefully using for the point of trying to bust this director, dude. Okay. I want to preface my answer by asking, do you think that we'll ever legalize cocaine and have like Coke stores like we do with weed dispensaries now? I don't know. I think that the reason weed was able to get to the point that it is now is because it doesn't have too drastic of an effect on your ability to function. But I think the the harder drugs are going to be a, a harder sell to try and convince that they are something that you can take and still function. But Someday, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think there are more dangers in terms of overdosing cocaine versus marijuana. But I'm a drug hater personally, so what do I know? But the thing is for me, like if you need a drug to make your life enjoyable, you're a loser. Like go enjoy some art, work on your personality. You don't need drugs. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, anyway. You're not a loser. You just need to have a better outlook you're, on life. You're a loser. Anyway, so <sighs> Clarence is in a spot where he's working with the feds, we think. I assume he's working mm. with them. So I think he acquired said Coke in a bad way and got caught with it. And I think that 
he in Alabama, we now know as the call girl based on the questions. I think that they stole it from the sweaty guy, Elliot, who was being watched by the cops. And voila, now the final scene comes together. They agree to catch a bigger fish, Lee, so they don't get in trouble themselves. Hmm. It's an interesting theory. Well, our next question also comes from Reddit from a Mikey. Shut the fuck up. STFU. A Mikey. Shut the fuck up. What is Dr. Zvago a reference to? I mentioned this in the recap, but I think it's slang for Coke. And I only know two things about the movie Dr. Zhivago. Number one, the main song from it was my wife's grandparents' favorite song. So I bought this mini wind-up music box thing that plays it. I bought that from an Amish store. Number two, I think the movie takes place in Russia. And Russia has a bunch of snow, right? Snow, cocaine. I know about the movie, not about world climate but i think russia has snow so yeah most of it snow equals cocaine lock it in all right i don't think it's the cocaine i think that it is the what clarence poses as like the supplier of the cocaine and he just used something from his movie knowledge to to be the the name of that person so he says i want to see the person who supplied this that doesn't make any sense yeah yes it does Mm, okay Maybe you're right, but I... Because the coke wasn't even out yet at that point. He was basically asking to see the cocaine. Maybe you're right then. I don't know. It's just the cocaine. Who knows? Who knows? Something related to the cocaine. We don't. We don't know. We're just guessing. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, next question from Reddit. 62B, 62B. What fruit did Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken's characters reference? Peaches. I almost went with peaches. Why did you go with peaches? Because I yes. That's almost why I went with it. Here's why I went with orange. They both want to slam Alabama. <laughs> An Alabama slammer is a drink that contains orange juice. Boom. She's got an ass like a beautiful orange, and they just want to squeeze her till the pulp comes out. Double boom. Tarantino, pulp fiction. Pulp fiction, lock it in. Pulp, pulp, pulp fiction, lock it in. <laughs> 62B62B also asks... Why was Alabama crying after she learned Clarence killed Drexel? Drexel. Hmm. The tough part with this movie is that who the fuck is Drexel? There's so many big actors in the middle that I can't just anchor my answers to one of them when somebody references a name we don't see. Mm -hmm. It could be like one of seven A-list actors. So I'm going to guess that Drexel is Gary Oldman. We haven't talked about him yet. And she cried because who doesn't cry when an old man, an old man dies? Terrible. I think Drexel is her, like, her pimp, her boss. I For call girls, I don't know if they have a pimp. And I'll talk more about it later, but I think that Clarence killed him because of her bruise. And I think she just cries, one, because she might be concerned a little bit about her job, but mostly because she's worried Clarence will get in trouble for it. Okay. Who do you think plays Drexel? Based on the rest of the questions we got, my guess would be either Christopher Walken or... Or Gary Oldman, I guess. It would okay. only be one of the two. So I guess I'll go Christopher Walken. All right. Everyone else is kind of like laid out with names yeah. in our questions. Okay. More or less. Yeah. All right. Next question from Reddit from Jeff Kantoku. Where does Clarence think is a good place to conduct a drug deal? A movie theater. Ah. Just leaning into his whole like addiction to movies. Okay. I went with a public restroom because anybody can go in there. Now, I once followed a homosexual 40-year-old on LiveJournal when I was a teen because he ran the local public access channel and I wanted to make a TV show. He seemed like a nice man. But anyway, I digress. He posted a story about two men having butt relations in a Wendy's bathroom. So if that shit can go down, you can definitely peddle some narcotics. It's discreet. 
and also it smells bad. So you don't have to linger and make small talk. You get in, you get out. Nobody's the wiser. Wow. You'd make a really shitty drug dealer. <laughs> you wouldn't have a very highbrow clientele, I'll tell you that much. Nope. Jeez Louise. So Jeff Kantoku has another question. Where does Clarence freak out on Elliot Blitzer? Ah, the age-old related question. I think that he freaks out on him in a Burger King restroom. Drug deal gone wrong. <laughs> the worst. I think he freaks out on him in the comic book store. I'll talk more about that in a later question. Ah, all right. I like it. Next question from Reddit user Lucas Von Lucas. What was Floyd, played by Brad Pitt, what was Floyd's bong made out of? Paper. <laughs> Partially paper. Dave, this is going to come as no surprise to you. I have never touched a bong. Well, neither am I. Not in the sense of using a bong. I actually, I have touched a bong in that I pulled one out of my dad's closet once when I was a kid, not knowing what it was. I feel like there are only so many things that a bong could realistically be made out of and still work. Paper is not one of them. I think it's going to be glass or plastic, right? To actually function. Yeah. I think there are probably parts that could be made out of different parts different yes. bits but i mean you do have there is from your limited bong the knowledge, very yeah. little knowledge i have about bongs i would say that there has to be at least a part of it that can handle like bubbling water and yes. obviously paper wouldn't be that right but i think that part of it is made out of paper okay well anyway the glass or plastic part i mean there's no way that i'm going to be able to guess this right but because here's the thing is that like Lucas Von Lucas, if this answer is plastic or glass, then this is the worst fucking question. <laughs> right? No, I think like if it's just like was it what was he what rig was he using? Like <laughs> like no one would ask that. I think it no, I think it's something specifically plastic or glass. So I am gonna go with a plastic Halloween candy bucket shaped like a skull. Like you finagled that into a bong somehow. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> You know what my original answer for this was? And it just like came out of nowhere. A Buddha statue. There you go. Maybe it is. But I don't think that's it. I really honestly think it's it's paper. Part of it is paper. And that was what the question was trying to get out of. And, and I'll talk about more. I, about that I have a connection, too. I'm glad we're on the same page. I know what you're talking about. Well, fine. Perfect. What did Alabama do when Virgil, who was played by James Gandolfini, gave her one shot? Cue the eight mile music. You only got one shot. Mom's spaghetti. Mom, spaghetti. This could mean so many things. One shot. So are we talking like an attempt, like one attempt? Is she using a gun? Like, are we talking about a vaccination? Now, hmm. we have an adjacent question later that makes me think that it could be some sort of Oh, no. The only question from James <laughs> So I am going to go with she jabs him with it. And I think that it is ketamine. Maybe. Interesting. I think when they said give her one shot, they're talking about liquor, Ooh. in which case she just laughed at him and asked for additional shots. I didn't even think about that usage of shot. Damn it. You, that I like that. I like that take. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Last question from Lucas Von Lucas. This is a three-parter. Who played the character who said men and women have pantomimes that give away lies? How many pantomimes do men and women have respectively? Or maybe more simply, who are better liars, less pantomimes, men or women? So I think Christopher Walken is the one who makes this statement. So he plays Drexel. And uh, as far as I think, I think that men have infinite pantomimes and women only have one. And that made simply women are better liars because they have less pantomimes. 
I think that overall, this sounds like something a villain would say. And we learned that Clarence kills somebody named Drexel. So I'm going to go with Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. So we're both on the same page as this is Drexel. Yes. It's just we we disagree on who plays Drexel. Agreed. But we're also on the same page that I think women only have one or two. And men, I said men have 10, much less than infinite. I agree with you that women are better liars. My wife is great at lying. It's frightening. (laughs) (laughs) So our next question actually comes from a user on chorus.fm. It's at ncarib, maybe? I don't know how you pronounce it, but yes, I have been on chorus.fm. It's a music website for many years, and this is our first question from there, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. Car Rab asks, there is a major, major star who appears in one of the two scenes in the middle of the movie. He was just getting his career started in 93, so he wasn't a household name yet. It was Dick's roommate. Who was that actor? So we know that Dick is Michael Rappaport. Correct. We learned that in the end. Based on the question about Brad Pitt's bong, I'm going to go with him. Every 90s movie ever includes a stoner roommate, and we know that he bongs it up. So I'm feeling pretty confident with this one based on the context clues and the questions. Going Brad Pitt. Based on the amount of questions we got about Brad Pitt and the fact that he was listed in the intro credits, I think he has more than one or two scenes. Mm. So I think this is someone altogether separate, and I actually think I accidentally stumbled upon it looking through the cast. It didn't specifically say who this was. They were like uncredited in terms of like who they played in the movie, but Jack Black was in this movie. Was he? Yeah. Ah. And I think I think it was Jack Black. Because it also makes sense with like Jack, because Michael Rappaport in this is really young, so I'm thinking like, okay, well, who could be like early 20s in 93? Yeah, let me ask you this. Because Michael Rappaport, I would not agree, is a major, major star. Would you say Jack Black is a major, major star? I would say Jack Black is just a major star, not a major, major. I I mean, a lot of people know Jack Black's name. Yeah, but I think like major, major means A-list. Far more people are going to know who Jack Black is compared to Michael Rappaport. Well, I agree with you there 100%, but I think that Brad Pitt is like A-list. I think Jack Black is maybe B-list. Or like no, I would very low Jack A-list. Black A-list. I love I love Jack Black, but I just don't yeah. know that. Like, no, I think he's A-list in all the movies he's done. Here's a, a tangential question, but it, this is one of the hardest I've ever laughed. Do you think Tim Allen is an A-lister? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think so. So you think Jack Black is more famous than Tim Allen? Yes. I, w- I Far mm, more so. Really? Okay. I don't know that I'd agree with that. I think Jack Black is still more in the A-list column than Tim Allen is. I think Tim, Tim Allen, Allen has like could... a major network TV show. I don't watch yeah, it. but like, I mean, about do. being a Republican and half people hate it and half <laughs> people like it. But I, I will say that, like, I think Tim Allen was pretty high up there when you're talking about, like, all the, the Santa Claus franchise and all of that. Mm. But that was quite some time ago at this point. I think Jack Black is still higher than him currently. At his peak, was Tim Allen higher on the list than Jack Black? Maybe. Okay, how about 15 years ago? Oh, 15 years ago. I mean, Santa Claus is pretty huge, but at the same time, you're talking right around the time of... Uh, well, anyway, the reason, I ask, stuff. the reason yeah. I ask is because there was this show on Fox. It was like a game show that people would call in and answer. And it was a word scramble. And, and it was, this is the person who played Santa Claus. And it was I-T-M space L-A-N-E-L. That is so fucking obvious. And, and the person called in and they're like, all right, to win, like, whatever the prize is, like, $500, who is the actor? And they were like, huh, Tim Linnall? And I laughed so fucking hard. Oh, my God. 
Come on. I shit my pants laughing. I, I, it was the hardest. It was top three hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, how do you get this question to win $500? Did you get it wrong? Who are you? Uh, anyway, that was a, That's a terrible. deep tangent. Like, but... That is such an obvious question. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, mo- moving on. <laughs> yep, moving on. I'm, I like how you just somehow managed to bring Tim <laughs> Allen in conversation just to talk about that dumb story. I don't even know. I, uh, next question comes to us from Instagram. Fellow podcaster at Society Owes Me a Gen X podcast. What does Alabama taste like? Peanuts. As one of their top exports, Alabama grows nearly half of the U.S. peanut output per year and has more than 900 peanut farms. So, I mean, it's got to be peanuts. Mm, I like the research. I'm kind of similar. I think that this is said by Clarence. And because of that, I think it's going to be something Elvis adjacent. Like, you taste like a hunk of, a hunk of burning love, or you taste like oh, a peanut butter gross. banana sandwich. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Which, P.S. is amazing. Peanut butter for life. But peanut, peanut butter, peanut butter and banana. Yeah. Did you know that 1,300 peanuts goes into one jar of peanut butter? I did not, but that makes me like it even more. That's a lot of peanuts. Have you tried that new peanut cake recipe that I sent to you? I haven't yet, but I will. What is the recipe, David, for people that want to try it? Yeah, you got to try this, guys. I came across it on TikTok because I'm an adult. (laughs) So it's three tablespoons of peanut butter mixed with one egg and one tablespoon of sugar. You mix all that together, throw it in a mug, throw it in the microwave for 90 seconds, and you got yourself a little peanut butter muffin slash cake. Can I do more than three tablespoons of peanut butter? You can. I would just additionally add the other ingredients to keep the proportions. How am I going to add a third of an egg? No. It won't cake. It probably won't cake right. Fine. Okay. I mean, you could go six. You can go six, two, and two. Maybe. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Just make sure it's a big mug because it actually does fill it it, up. Yeah. I like it. It rises quite a bit. Let us know what you think about David's recipe. Yeah. Give it a try. At Quick Doodle McGroodle. Cindy. Our friend Cindy has some questions for us. So, first question. Now, guys, you know Samuel Jackson. He's all about what? Let the record show that I was not going to break out my catchphrase today. Ashley and frenemy of the show, Jessica, told me the other day in person that I have to stop saying it because they hate it. Oh. But I feel like Michael Scott in the episode of The Office where he can't say that's what she said anymore. And he's like egged on to say it. And he finally just explodes like, that's what she said. (laughs) So, yes, I know him. Samuel L. Jackson is all about eating pussy. I'm sorry, Ashley and Jessica. I really am. Blame Sydney. Samuel Jackson is all about these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> that too. Mm-hmm. Next question from Quick Doodle McGrudel, Cindy. Who convinces Clarence to kill Drexel? Floyd, Ooh. a.k.a. Brad Pitt. I went with Alabama, and I think the ironic thing is the question earlier about her crying. She cried because she felt so loved and respected that he would do something that big for her. He's so cool. That's not a bad thought, actually. Thank you. I like it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, for once. <laughs> All right. Our next question, also from Quick Doodle McGriddle. Why does James Gandolfini say, stick it in me, baby. Come on. Stick it in daddy. And who is he talking to? I toyed with the idea of making this be a dildo of some sort, simply because the idea of Tony Soprano asking Carmela to insert a salami-shaped piece of silicon in his rectum and saying, gabagool, it makes me snicker. But instead, I went with a tie-in to a prior question, and I think that he asked Alabama to shoot him up with ketamine because she's his escort, and he likes to try to bang it out before he passes out. 
So he's like, stick that ketamine in me, and he's going to try to bone her before he falls asleep. Interesting. So I think that James Gandolfini is a drug mule, and he's asking Dick to shove cocaine up his ass. I don't know why I picked Dick, but I did. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, you know, it didn't even (laughs) dawn on me that I wrote the sentence, Dick, stick it up my ass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, James Gandolfini wants Dick to stick it up his ass. All right. I didn't think of the drug mule aspect. I kind of like that. Last question from Cindy. Alabama obviously didn't get hurt playing basketball, but what did happen? Drexel hit her, so Clarence killed him. So following up on the last question, Tony Soprano thinks that he's going to get shot up with ketamine, but she's actually shooting him up with something to kill him, like rat poison, because she's some drug guy or whatever. I don't know. but Got to get those drug guys. But when he realizes what she's doing, he starts flailing his big, hairy Italian arms and legs and pow, right in the kisser. Interesting. All right. So our last set of questions here is from Twitter. At Kelly Madden 80, the podcaster from Drunk Theory. She was the suggester of the movie. Yes. So it only made sense to have her be last. Why does Elliot Blitzer, played by Bronson Pinchot, get arrested? I mentioned this earlier, but I think he's caught dealing drugs to Clarence in a public restroom. And just so I can spread out on my guesses and maybe get one of them right, I'm going to go with McDonald's this time. So a McDonald's restroom, the saddest place on earth. So, I mean, it's obvious from the few minutes that we see of Elliot here that he's a fucking moron. (laughs) So I think that he, I also think that he was trying to sell drugs, but I think he like was literally in the comic book store and tried to sell them directly to a a police officer and then gets arrested. So we have, We have similar, we're on the similar wavelength, just different places. Yes. Okay. Next question from Kelly. What did Floyd do with the last page of Clarence's letter? He used it as part of his bong. Boom. I am almost exactly right there with you. I think he crumpled it up and used it to light his bong. That bong, 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 bong. (laughs) Terrible. All right. Our last question from Kelly. How does Clarence's father, Clifford, played by Dennis Hopper, die? Oh, my God. I forgot Dennis goddamn Hopper was in this movie, too. So many people were in this movie. Our season one finale, Hoosiers alum, Dennis Hopper. Now, I think that he gets killed by Gary Oldman. And this is the impetus Clarence needs to then kill Gary Oldman after Alabama tells him that he should do it because he'll be so cool. And I just think it's like a neat little bow. I just tied it all up. You're welcome. I think he gets killed in a random mugging. And because this was in the 90s and it was probably racist, it was Samuel Jackson. Because what the fuck else was Samuel Jackson doing in this movie? (laughs) There's just so many people and so few ideas. I just want to watch the middle of this just to see who the fuck all these people are. Yeah. We'll talk about that, David. We will talk about that. And you know where we're going to talk about it. Where are we going to talk about it, Michael? Center counts. Oh. Center counts. David, what do you give this? Ooh. You know what? This is a hard one because I really like all of the actors that are in this that I didn't see. (laughs) So I really want to watch the middle. And if I judge off of like how badly I want to watch the middle in this. Plus, I don't I don't hate the ends. Mm. I'm going to go four. I think four. Okay, I went with a six. Wow. It just feels so epic. It feels very, very, very of its time, but also timeless. I know that makes zero sense, but it's like the only way I can describe it. Maybe this is a sign I should finally check out a Tarantino film. 
I'm just so intrigued to watch the middle to see how everything connected and to see all the younger versions of the big stars we missed. Is there more of the Simba music? God, I hope there's more Simba music. Yeah, I mean, I feel like of all of the Tarantino films that I've seen, this is very kind of falls in line with them where it it kind of takes a lot of twists and turns. What we watched were two ends that could have very well been from two completely separate movies. So the middle has to be like wild now, you know? Yeah, I agree. Six out of seven. I mean, I I think I would have given it higher if I saw some of those actors on either end. I'm a little disappointed that I didn't. So judging off of what what I saw for, I have a feeling I'll like it better than that if if I go back and watch it, which I probably will. I definitely will. It's on HBO Max, so it's going to happen. All right, David, we we covered a lot of ground today. We thank you all for being here. But before we exit stage left, what do we have coming up? Coming up. Get excited, everyone. So first, we're going to have our next center chat, which will be coming out next Wednesday. And our question falls in line with this movie pretty well. Would we rather be a drug dealer or a call girl? Ooh, like Clarence or Alabama. I like it. Yeah. And then after that, the following Wednesday, which will be August 25th, we are going to be covering the season two of Outer Banks. We covered the season one of Outer Banks right when it came out almost a year and a half ago. This is, I think, the first show that we covered that season two has come out since we covered season one right out the gate. So pretty exciting that we're going back to season two. Yes, we will have watched the full first season in preparation. So we we know a little bit about what will be going down. Again, we thank you all for being here. Please send us feedback at thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and you can follow us on all the social medias, but the big one is Instagram. It's where we post all of our center chat questions so you can weigh in and and some some art and things like that. So Instagram's where it's at. We would love to see you there. Yeah, stop by. You can go follow the podcast and leave a review. We'd love to see one of those. Yes, please. All right. Just like the bullet in your eye socket, it's always better in the center. <laughs>